This is episode number 364 with Lathan Thomas. The Show. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Latham has been named one of Oprah's Super Soul 100. She is a celebrity doula and maternity wellness expert. She supports women in embracing optimal wellness and spiritual growth as a pathway to empowerment. She is leading a revolution in radical self-care, guiding women everywhere to mother themselves first. She's the founder of Mama Glow, a global women's health and education brand serving women along the childbearing continuum. Mama Glow supports women and families during the fertility period, pregnancy, birth, as well as postpartum, offering hand-holding through their bespoke doula services. Her latest book, Own Your Glow, A Soulful Guide to Luminous Living and Crowning the Queen, is out right now. And in today's episode, we chat about her extraordinary journey of rising up against the odds to become a doula, how a doula can help you create a nourishing, magical birth experience, why you might benefit from a doula in other periods of your life, not just in childbirth, If you want to become a doula yourself, you can hear Latham's best tips, including how to do it at your own pace, how to stop people-pleasing, even if you've been doing this for decades, and why women need to start mothering themselves first. We also chat about what true self-care feels like and the master key that will help you achieve it, her unconventional definition of success and how it's helped her find fulfillment, plus so much more. And for everything that we mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 364. Now let's get this party started. Let's bring on the incredible Lathan Thomas. Beautiful Latham, I'm so excited to have you on the show. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? My breakfast today was a green juice, which I make with cucumber, celery, lemon, ginger, and a little bit of green apple. And then I had also like a whipped matcha with oat milk, which I just make in the house too, with a little bit of maple syrup. And rose water. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh <laughs> yum, yum. That sounds delicious. Oh my goodness. Yum. I love the touch of rose water. That sounds so beautiful. <sighs> Live for it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to have you here. But before we dive deep into everything that I want to explore with you today, can you tell us your story and how you got to where you are today? Like, how did this all unfold for you? How did you become Mama Glow? I love that question. It was actually a process. You know, I didn't set out to start doing birth work, but I was informed by the journey of my son's birth and 
I would say before that, even as a child, when my mother was pregnant, she was pregnant at the same time that my great aunt and my aunt were pregnant. And they were all due within a month of each other in the spring of 1985. I was four years old at the time. And then when my sister came, I turned five. And I was so fascinated by pregnancy. My mother taught me all about the anatomy and made sure that I was like really versed in body literacy. And so something that I kind of embraced at a really early age. And my cousin and I would like stuff dolls under our shirts and like pretend to deliver each other's babies. I would say that was like one of the sort of earlier memories that I have around birth. And then my sister arrived. I think there was so much that I was learning, but also that I recall really helped to shape a lot of my beliefs about the body and what the body's capable of. And my mom certainly instilled in me that there was a really powerful and innate wisdom that each of us has. And I came to know my own when my son was born. And he was born in a birth center, which we have options, right? You can do hospital birth, you can do home birth. And another out-of-hospital birth option is a birth center. And that's where my son was born at a really beautiful, humane place that was run by midwives. And it was through that experience that I I really knew that I would do this work and, and support birthing people in this way. It was because the experience was so powerful and so beautiful and so transformative that I knew that I had to continue the work for others. I knew I wanted to help people along their own journey, whatever that would shape up to be. So that's how I kind of got here. I mean, I'm a tourist, so I drag my feet to everything. I'm stubborn. So I was hearing a call and I wasn't ignoring it, but I wasn't ready, you know? And I think that happens to a lot of us, right? Where we get a knock or something keeps showing up or you dream something or you keep hearing something over and over. It it keeps showing up and it gets louder and louder. And sometimes it knocks you over the head. And for me, it didn't get to that extreme, but it was something that kept presenting itself. And it, it came in different types of, you know, packages and permutations. And the final straw was really when I was at an ashram and it was my birthday. And so they did this puja ceremony for me. And the Vedic astrologer said, you know, you should come get a reading for your birthday. You know, I was born on the 3rd of May. So he was like, let's do it three days after your birthday. And I was like, okay, perfect. And so I went because that was the auspicious day to get the reading. And so I did the reading that day. And he said a lot of really amazing things. But one thing that he said was that as he was, you know, doing the divination and reading the cowrie shells and the dust and all these beautiful elements from the earth, he said, you're supposed to mother the mother. And I was like, all right, I feel like I'm doing that. He's like, no, it's more than what you're already doing. And that was enough. But then when I got home, he gave me a bunch of numbers. And those numbers were, I didn't know what they were to correlate with, but they were auspicious numbers. And so I took, I wrote a list and I I still have that list somewhere. I wrote down all the numbers. And so then, of course, when you get somebody tells you like, you know, here's your lucky numbers, you're looking everywhere to like, see, like, if you see this number play out in your life in some way. So I'm looking at signs and, you know, like kind of aware, hyper aware that like I might encounter this number. 
And then of course I got back home and settled back into my life. And not that I forgot about it, but I wasn't as present to how those numbers might show up. And this is back when we didn't check our emails, you know, like we checked our actual mailbox for letters. And, and so at this point, I my I checked my email for some reason, which was something I probably did at that point once a month. So I checked my email and I look at the date and there's not a lot in there because again, people weren't really sending emails back then in the same way as they do now. And I looked at the date and the date correlated with a date that was given in the reading. And the subject of the email was that I had been accepted to a doula fellowship program. And so then I was like, okay, God, I hear you. I accept the mission, you know? And so that's what it was for me. It was like, okay, like I'm softening into this and I actually feel the readiness to show up for this mission. And so that's how it kind of flowed. But it certainly wasn't like my entire life I've always wanted or knew. Like I knew in some way that I would work in in women's health. I knew in some way that I would work in in wellness, I always knew that. But to the degree that I was able to sort of blend the worlds and all the the things that I, I love about, you know, lifestyle and birth and teaching, I didn't know that I was going to be able to do it in this way. It just sort of unfolded. Wow, that is amazing, honey. How old is your son now? He's 17. What? Yeah. <laughs> I have a 17 year old. He's going to college in a year. Yeah. Whoa. And when you were sharing about your mother, what a beautiful role model. What a beautiful role model to instill the wisdom of the body and all of that birth wisdom onto you. I feel like if we don't get that from our parents, the way that we get schooled is through watching Hollywood movies about birth and pregnancy. And we really do need to reprogram that because it's the most incredibly empowering rite of passage. I have not birthed a child myself. I have a stepson who's 14. But from everything that I have read and spoken to so many people and experts, it's such a beautiful and empowering rite of passage. And how amazing to be part of that as a doula. And now you have your doula program where you teach other people how to become doulas. So for those that are listening that may have never heard of a doula, can you explain what a doula is and the role of a doula in the birth scene? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love talking about this work because it's accessible to all of us. Like you just mentioned that you know this process to be so beautiful, even though you haven't physically experienced it. But there is an imprinting that we all have from just collective experience that you don't have to have felt it through your body to know that it's power. Or you don't have to have felt it through your body to be able to support someone who's going through that experience and that rite of passage, right? And so, because there is a collective body, there is a collective memory and consciousness of what this experience and rite of passage is for all of us. And so, that is available to each of us who are open to receive that and be at the service of someone who's 
crossing this threshold. And so when we avail ourselves emotionally, when we do our healing work to prime ourselves to be people who are safe and who are clear in in terms of our, our energy, we can really show up to be safety containers for people who are going through this transformative experience. And so doulas are birth workers who provide non-clinical support. And what that looks like is along your journey, it's emotional support and making sure that you feel good and that you have someone to lean on emotionally. It's educational support. So making sure that you have skills and information about the process as you go through it. It's psychological and mental support, you know, for those of us, especially in the times that we're living with COVID-19, the stress and anxiety that people go through, being able to have someone help you to metabolize that. There's partner support. If you have a partner present that you want to be involved in that journey with you, you know, your doulas can be able to help your partner learn things that'll uh, ready them for the, the journey and advocacy, right? And so being able to advocate for yourself and have the tools to speak on your own behalf, the tools to ask the questions, seek the information and the support necessary for you to thrive. These are all things, right? That the doula provides, right? In the scope of service. And it's also part of really, I would say, meeting the need that exists right now in in the way that we conduct ourselves in this sort of modern, advanced, paced life, right? We're all living at this accelerated pace. We're all living very far from where our family members are. You know, we don't live in intergenerational households where we have our elders and young people and people of all ages with us. We're not in villages like we used to be. And so We don't have village keepers who can look after us at these major life transitions. And so a doula can fill that void by showing up and being with you and supporting you through a journey if your parents are on the other side of the country or the other side of the earth, right? A different country. A doula can help you to, you know, create that connection, that safety if you don't have siblings or they're too far away you know, if your family can't get to you, right? So it's like they're filling that that space that family members used to support. Or I would really say there was always wise women who looked after, you know, women in the villages and in the communities and who supported them through these moments. And so the work is ancestral. It's not new, but I think there is a new sort of gaze upon it that allows people to enter into this field to do the work, but also allowing people to enter into this space and see people that could be of service and support them. And so our commitment is to educate and to create more access and to help more doulas become financially astute and able to support themselves. You know, we want to make sure that people who are in the birth work community and healing arts can move out of positions of poverty. A lot of people who do healing arts like yoga and Reiki and healing modalities, massage therapy, doula work suffer economically, right? Because they don't have the business acumen and business skills. The work is undervalued by our society. And so part of what we're trying to do is make sure that 
we get people to a place where they have the tools necessary to thrive as business people who are also doing good for the world. It's very important to be compensated for your gifts. And it's very important also for us to start placing the value on this work that's been so undervalued by society, but is so important to make sure that people come on the other side of this experience happy and thriving. Yeah, absolutely. They're like spiritual birth cheerleaders, aren't they? They're by your side. They're cheering you on. They're holding space for you and your partner. It's really a beautiful thing. I've had lots of friends who have had doulas at their birth and they said it was transformational and they were so glad that they had a doula. I've never met anyone that said, no, you know what? I didn't need that person there. (laughs) So everyone, you know, I remember I was chatting to one of my girlfriends who's pregnant with her third at the moment, and she had a doula for her second birth. And I said, are you going to get one this time? And we're chatting about that. And she said, you know, there was one point in the birth where her doula came up to her and whispered something into her ear that just gave her so much confidence and courage to just get through that last little bit of birth. And I thought, wow, what if you didn't have that? What if you didn't have that? How would that have unfolded? And she was like, I'm so grateful I had that. So I think the work of doulas is so important and something that if someone listening has never heard of, really look into, consider getting one if you're pregnant or you know if that's something that you want to do down the future. Think about it, look into it. And they are such a beautiful space holder and spiritual cheerleader for, for so many women during that process. Yeah. And the other thing I would say too is, you know, wherever you are on your journey, whether it's in the fertility phase, whether it's birth, postpartum, if you are suffering from loss, if you are having an abortion, like any of these experiences, doulas can be there to support. So although a lot of our work is on the birth continuum, birth includes, you know, all of those things, right? Like the reproductive life cycle includes all of those things. And so we don't discriminate, right? Like, so whatever it is that you need us to show up, we're there, you know, and I've gone to so many different types of life transitions and each of them equally uh, challenging or beautiful or life altering. And all I can say is that the tools that I use for birth are the tools that I use for when someone's transitioning into the afterlife and passing away. I use the same tools, you know? So it's really like, it is deeply spiritual work. And it's also, it's just like someone's helping you cross a river and like holding your hand as you go and like not letting you go. If you can even just close your eyes and think about the safety that's available when you feel like someone's holding your hand, when you feel like someone has your back, that's like what's available in these types of relationships. They're so intimate. And it allows you to really step into your true power, like knowing that someone is holding you and holding space for you, it allows you to kind of step right in and dive right in, which I think is just so beautiful. And I'm thinking about even for myself, the mentors and the coaches that I've had along my journey, they're kind of like doulas, you know, they have cheered me on. They have held space for me to grow and to evolve. 
And I don't think anyone would not benefit from more support, more love, more space holding, more hand holding. You're only going to thrive when you have that. Yeah. In my book, In Own Your Glow, I call the folks that, you know, help us along any other journey, you know, vision doulas, right? For business building, for book writing, for whatever it is that you're creating. Like there are always people who, who support and who lift you through that process. And, and so identifying who those people are for you, right? It may not be just one person. It might be a group of people that you lean on who all bring a unique gift as one of your vision doulas, but it's work that we do, right? Like all of us do this and we don't really realize until we're at an apex in our lives and we're at a transition in our lives or something's happening and someone shows up for us, then we're reminded of how we show up for people, right? Like you were reminded of those times when it was not us who was being supported, but us who was doing the supporting. And we get to see for ourselves what it feels like to be held, but also we get to be the person who holds, right? And this is stuff that happens in our life every day. And so I think people don't realize the power of the skill sets that we are using every day as, as birth workers that are so beneficial to our regular lives. Like everything that I teach the doulas is stuff that can help life, like not just when you're in a birth, right? And so like you said, to know that you have that support and to be able to use these skills, by the way, like outside of that space in other spaces really makes for, I think, harmonious relationships and friendships. And, and so even people who aren't necessarily going to activate the work through practice come for the healing, but also come for the skills, right? Like I want to just be better skilled as a human. And I want to also be able to bring these tools and this mindset into the work that I do in the world. Who doesn't want to do that, right? Totally. Yes. I think it's like a nice, like when I meet people, I can always tell that they, that they do this work. When, when I find out, I'm like, oh yeah, I knew that we're a doula. Like you could just feel it off of some people, you know? And there is a consciousness, I think, that carries through. But certainly, I think these skills, they can translate to like every situation. So that's one of the other things too. You're not going to just leave with, you know, a very particular skill that can only apply in one area. It can literally touch every area of your life. Amazing. How long is your doula program? Yeah. So we have the breakdown of, we used to do it in person in New York, in LA, in Miami, and Paris, and then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And then we took everything online and which has been amazing. And it's expanded, obviously the reach and the ability for students to join us from around the world. So now we have two models. One is a week-long intensive, and then the other is a six-week intensive. So you do it one day a week over six weeks, which is really feasible for a lot of people who have a life, right? (laughs) But like the week-long is very intense. You're like doing homeworks, you're in group meetings, you're doing all kinds of stuff, but it's like a lot. So a lot of people are playing catch up when they do that course because it's so intense. And it's like every day they have a day off, but the day off is like Chinese medicine and that's a module. So it's not really a day off. So it's an intense course, but I really feel fulfilled in the, I really like the six week because it just gives you time. You know, like you can just take your time with it. 
we can give a lot of homework on the six week because people, we see them weekly, you know? So I really like that aspect. I love our community. We have a very lively community that's active. And I would say, yeah, like that's, that's the best thing. You know, we have a course pretty much like one course ends and then the next course happens, right? So on a six week schedule for the fall and into the new year, we'll do that. And then on breaks, like holiday breaks, we'll do like the week longs again. So yeah. And we'll link to that in the show notes. If anyone is listening and wants to become a doula, we'll link to it in the show notes so that they can check it out. Just popping in to tell you about Organifi, an all-natural, organic, vegan, super delicious superfood blend that I'm obsessed with. As you know, I'm a serious health nut and health is one of my top priorities and core values and something I don't skimp on. This is why I make sure to have my Organifi green juice daily. We all need more greens in our life and starting your day with these alkalizing, nourishing greens is a great way to make sure you're getting more. But they don't just do greens. They also have a red juice, gold mushroom blends, clean protein powders, probiotic blends, and so much more. And you can get 15% off everything store-wide at Organifi.com forward slash Melissa. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Melissa. And all you have to do is type Melissa at the checkout to get 15% off everything in your cart. How epic is that? Another thing that I love, you talk a lot about self-care and self-love and mothering ourselves first. I come from a people-pleasing family. You know, I watched my mum and all the women in my life be incredibly great at people-pleasing. So can you talk a little bit about how we can stop being people pleasers, how we can mother ourselves first, what that actually looks like, and how do we do that? Yeah. So I think everyone will, I mean, everyone listening is probably nodding their head as well about being people pleasers. We are taught at a very early age what's acceptable. We are taught that if you show feelings of anger, of dislike, of mistrust, of anything that like is contrary, that love may be withheld, right? That discipline may come into play, that punishment may be part of. And so you're denied certain things when you express what you're really feeling, which may be anger, disappointment, discomfort, and you're rewarded for hiding those feelings. And so what ends up happening for so many of us is like, we keep pushing that stuff down and it finds a very peculiar way of lodging itself into our tissues and coming out as an autoimmune disease like 30 years later, or coming out as anxiety or stress or hypertension, like it shows up, it shows up somewhere in our health. And so that's one thing. I think the other thing is that we model after what we see, right? And so if you said, right, that in your family, you were able to see people, people please. And so that's what you saw and that's what you knew. So that's what you did, right? Then part of what we have to do, which is also challenging, by the way, 
is our unlearning and what does our unlearning consist of, right? And so you'll find yourself moving through this process of self-inquiry, which is important, and you'll find yourself taking a journey where you're not only asking yourself these questions, but you're also evaluating your relationships. And I think as you start to evaluate the relationships and start to see that everything's not okay, I can't believe I was accepting this as normal, right? Like there's a lot of things that show up that we start to evaluate and we look around and we see that we have sort of created a world where the things that we should accept or should not accept, I should say, have become our standard for what's normal. And so what the practice of self-care does is it invites us to take stock and take a journey within self and ask self, what do I need in this moment? Self, what is it that's the best choice, the best decision, the best set of actions for me to pursue right now? Not for anybody else, but for me in this moment. What is going to feed me in this moment? What is going to serve me in this moment? You know, what do I need in this moment? If you start to ask yourself, what do I need now? What do I need now? And then let your body articulate because it will. When we actually slow down and we listen, it becomes very clear that the body has been speaking all along. And so in this invitation, we say, we ask, and then we listen. So meditation is for that, right? Meditation is for listening. Prayer is for petitioning. And so if you have a practice of petitioning and asking and please do this and universe this and God that and spirit this, And then you allow your body to become the portal for listening. Then what happens through the meditation answers. Through the meditation, your body speaks and reveals to you through sensation. And so some of that might be crying for some of us. Tears may come. Others might be anger, discomfort, anxiety shows up. For others, it might be that we fall asleep, we rest. For others, we might find ourselves fidgety and self-expressive. Like many things come up, but the answer is always to listen to ourselves and our needs. And so what I think is really important, especially in this moment, is asking ourselves and being gentle with ourselves and knowing that we're living in an unprecedented time. Nothing is normal. Everything that is happening right now is not normal. And so people are carrying on as if everything's normal and it's not. And so giving yourself the permission to say, you know what, everything is not okay out there, but right here, how am I going to make what's right here beautiful? How am I going to make what's right here okay? And how am I going to be with myself today? How am I going to be gentle with myself today? Exactly. Because that is like the only thing we can control is how we react and how we respond to our outside world. 
Like we can lose it. We can get frustrated. We can get sad. We can fall off the bandwagon, which, you know, maybe you need to do for a moment. But then it's like, okay, you can come back and owning that your self-care, the meditation, owning that they are the tools that are going to really help you feel the most balanced and the most inner contentment. And so we do need to take responsibility for how we're feeling, how we're showing up, how we're reacting to everything that's going on outside of us. Because this year has been big. It's been huge with COVID, with all the Black Lives Matter stuff. It's been huge. And I know a lot of people have felt that weight, that heaviness. And we can come back to our own heart space and remember that how we respond within ourselves, like that we do have control over. Yeah, absolutely. That response that we have control and also not focusing so much on what you have to do, because I think people think that self-care is something that you do, but it's really something that we are. We are careful with ourselves, right? If you think about it like, you know, not so much as I got to do a bath and I got to do a this and I got to, like, what can I actually stop doing? Oh yeah. What do I need to not do <laughs> to be well? Yeah. What do I need to say no thank you to? What do I need to remove from my calendar? That is often one of the biggest self-care things you can do for yourself is simply looking at your calendar. Okay, I feel overwhelmed. I've got way too much on and not enough white space. What do I need to remove? What do I need to say no thank you to and create some more white space in my week? That, oh, it's delicious. Totally. I would love to hear, what's your definition of success? Mm, wow. Success. It's interesting. I don't think about this word that often. And I think it's because I feel like there's so many weirdly skewed ways of looking at it, right? In society. And, and so I guess here's what comes up for me, right? Like when I think about success and what we like reward for success, it often is sort of correlated with, I think, pain, you know, and, and sadness or people that are like sort of searching for something by amassing a lot of things, right? Whether it's cars or homes or money. And, and we sort of celebrate that and exalt that as success in the society which is like driven by capitalism and individualism. But for me, I have a different view of that, which is really rooted, I think, in community. And to me, like success is when I see our doula community thriving. And when we have a group of doula trainees that are in these group chat spaces, we we have a private community for them. And so like when I see them in there, like, hanging out together and meeting up and doing all these things and advancing the work that feels like success to me, like that we created an imprint and they've been able to take what we've given and advance themselves. That for me feels like success. It's not always correlated with like money for me when I think about it more so with, um, I think happiness and fulfillment, a sense of purpose, I think is success. You know, if you 
are so blessed to align with your purpose in this lifetime, if you're able to connect in spirit and in flesh with what that is and get into relationship with what that is and then actually pursue with obedience, that's me a success, right? And I think that that's what, you know, those of us who teach and who lead and who guide are here to do, right? And so then if that's what we're supposed to do, then then I guess that's success. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pretend you have a magic wand now and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Besides your books, let's pretend they're already in there. What is one other book you would choose? Ooh, wow, this is a hard one. I know. It's a good question. If you want, you can have two books. <laughs> mm. Well, one book I'll say that I think is so powerful that debuted this year and has been really seminal as we're in this moment for the movement for Black Lives and in um, this time that's been so challenging for everyone is Leila Saad's book, Me and White Supremacy. I feel like that is something that should just be on every curriculum period. And I think that the way the book is laid out in terms of reflections as well as lessons really is aligned with how students are learning, right? Like they aren't just reading a book, but they're also then doing some reflective activity or exercise or essay. And it sort of, I think, can um, guide them. So that's, I think if I had to choose one, that's one that I would choose. Yeah. Such a great book. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well as your amazing books too. Thank you. Did you have any others you would add? Ah, I mean, I like can't think like that. Like of, it's just like so interesting because I think about schooling and then I'm thinking about like, what's an age appropriate book for the, for kids around the world. And then it's like one. So I'm having a hard time on that. But I think that one's good because of just what it does to sort of address a global system of inequity, right? And sort of people having their own relationship with their personal accountability and gifting that at an early enough age. So, yeah, I mean, there's other things, but I think the other thing I would probably say, not necessarily a book, but I would want for kids to have access to esoteric books and books that like connect them to to spirit and to this sort of aspect of themselves like if they could have like access to like meditation tools and things like this right like i think if if we made that like mandatory for you to have like a class that also engaged you in like some sort of practice and exercises I would love something like that too, which is like outside of the question, but <laughs> I'm like pushing for more stuff in the school. Like we're talking books. I'm like, oh, we're going to do a curriculum now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would love to create my own curriculum one day. I would just love that. But you're absolutely right. They need those tools, whether it's meditation and breath work. There's so many amazing totally. things that we have access to now. And I think if we get that into the schooling system, get that into our children younger, you're only going to set them up like as very 
adaptable human beings for later in life. Totally. That's right. And speaking of tools and things like that, I'd love to hear about your morning routine or do you have any things that you do that kind of set you up for a day of flow? Yes. It's a great question. A few things. So one of the things I really love waking up because I love starting fresh, but also I look forward to certain things in a day. So one of the things that I do, I am big on grounding. I'm a Taurus, like I said a few times. And so we are about like the earth, right? And getting onto the earth. And so sometimes I'll sit either on my roof or in my room. We also have a studio that's really beautiful. And I will use some of the sound instruments that I have to do a vocal meditation practice. And this is a practice really that all of us can do. And I encourage it, especially because of times we're living in now. This is a time that's asking us to activate our voice and use our voice in many ways, whether that's through the social media platforms that we have, whether that's through the networks that we're in, you know, the different places where we show up and and where we have privilege, we're being asked to use our voices. And so this practice reminds me to use my voice and reminds you the power of a single voice. And um, and the practice is um, vocal toning, which sounds like humming. And it's just like how you would ohm. It's like that, except for I'm not even opening my lips because I'm just, my lips are closed and I'm just toning. And I do that repeatedly and I'll do that with sound. And then I'll do that not only with sound, but then I'll kind of, you know, relax my mouth and open my jaw and then just kind of let a melody come. And the reason for that is also that like when you open your mouth and throat, your vagus nerve is activated and it innervates all of your internal organs. And so the sound then gives you like this internal massage. And so instead of just sitting in silence, right, and aligning myself for meditation, I'm like massaging my internal organs. I'm massaging my body, like hugging myself from the inside when I wake up. So I look forward to that. And that's how I really start the day to to just, you know, like feel buzzy. And because it kind of sends the energy up and down and up and down like this. And so I feel really open. And so that's kind of how I start. And I do that for like a few minutes. Sometimes I don't do the instruments. You literally don't need anything. You can lay flat in your bed and do this practice and it'll help you with your breath work. A lot of people who are recovering from respiratory illness, from COVID, from from other things that they've encountered, the flu, you know, this season, guess what? Using this diaphragmatic breathing and using a vocal practice will help you build up your lung capacity, right? And so, you know, there's so many tools that we have, but yeah, this is something that I that I do. Oh, I love that. I love it. And it doesn't matter if you aren't a Beyonce singer or you don't have a Beyonce voice. It does not matter. Because I don't have it. <laughs> no, no, no. And my husband, he's a musician. He's got an incredible voice. Oh, amazing. Does he sing to you? Oh, yeah. All the time. All oh. the time. It's so beautiful. And I was a little bit shy when we first got together, like sharing my singing voice. And now I'm like, I don't care what I sound like. 
because I was understanding that it triggers the vagus nerve and how soothing and calming that is for your entire nervous system. So I will just bust out songs 24-7. I don't care what I sound like. And it's fun. It's so beautiful and so healing to do. So I love that. I love that that's something you start your day with and it sets you up for a successful day. So many people talk about meditation and all these other things. But not many people on my podcast have spoken about sound. So thank you for mentioning that. Oh, thank you. It's powerful and it's available to all of us and it's free. I think that one of the things we all forget, right, is like, we're always like, where can I go? What's the next class I should like? We're always searching for something that we have to buy into. Your voice is free and it's yours and no one else has it. And like how powerful to connect with your own vocal box, your own sound that's like God given and free it, like free your freaking voice first thing in the morning. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. I have three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's one thing that we can do today for our health? Breathe. Yes, love it. Mm, You just reminded me to take a deep breath. (laughs) What is one thing that we can do today for our wealth, so more abundance in all areas of our life? Oh, wow. When we encounter people, if we meet people, we're out. I know it's different now because we're inside on Zoom and stuff, but when we do encounter people and we have the opportunity to grace each other. One of the things I think is really important to activate that relationship is to follow up. And so what I think helps us to, you know, advance ourselves and to build social capital, which is a form of wealth, right? Is to follow up. So I'm going to say the fortune is in the follow up. So when you meet people, when you have meetings, when you encounter people, be the first one to follow up. And that will help us to advance ourselves socially and build our network that is valuable. I love that. And my last rapid fire, what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? Oh, be love. Heal, right? Heal, heal. Do your work to heal. You know, a lot of us are walking around with gaping wounds and and we're actually hurting people around us because we're not tending to our wounds. And so the best thing and the most important thing you could do for other people who have to be around you <laughs> when you're going through that is to heal because we are so pleasant and, and so powerful and easy to love and be around when we are doing our work. And I would just encourage people to heal. Yes, beautiful. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to chat about? Mm, I would just say that birth is about joy. You know, we're living through a really challenging time and a crisis in many parts of the world, including the US and the UK, where, you know, Black maternal deaths are at an all-time high in the U.S. Black women are three to four times more likely than white women to die during childbirth or due to childbirth-related causes. And in the U.K., it's four to five times more likely. And so we're at this really pivotal point 
where we can all do something. And so I would just encourage when you hear this information and you see these things that break your heart, that you act. And and what is it that you can do, right? And so just connect with that. Just like I said, when I talked about the vocal meditation and using your voice, like that is the call, right? To use your voice. And so when this information hits, when I hear a news report or I hear another story about someone's life lost in this way, it breaks my heart, but it also makes me do something. And, um, and as a mother, as a, as a woman, as a birthing person, as a birth worker, it is part of my sacred mandate to do something, but it's also part of my mandate to inform people that there is an issue over here and there is bleeding and there is need and it takes all hands on deck. And so that's one thing I would love to ask people support in is to stay current with information and to connect with your local organizations that are supporting maternal health because it's a, it's really not just here, you know, in the US or in the UK, but it's global that there's a problem with how we have treated women. It's a global issue how we've treated women and how we treat this process and birth deserves to be protected, it deserves to be preserved and it is a joyful and sacred process that we need to protect. And so if you feel called, you know, like Melissa said, you know, you can always join us in doula training, but, but you can also feel called to just use your voice. And that can be so simple, but also so effective in helping us advance what's, what we're working towards really as in terms of birth equity in this moment. Mm, So empowering. We've all got a voice and if we can all use it to share, it's, it's so empowering. So thank you so much. And I want to personally thank you for all the work that you're doing in the world. Everything from Black Lives Matter to empowering people to mother themselves and self-care and self-love for training incredible spiritual doulas to everything that you're doing. It's so beautiful. You're serving and you're helping so many people. How can we give back to you? How can we serve you today? Wow. What a beautiful question. You know, I would just say, stay attuned to the work. If people go to mamaglow.com and if you feel called not necessarily to take a class, but if you feel called to support a future birth worker, we have a donation button and you can donate at any level. But if you wanted, if you, if you felt in your heart, like, wow, you know, I want to help someone who's on this path, but can't afford it. It doesn't help me, but it does help me in a way because it allows me to, you know, support more people. It helps in a way like the future because you're pouring into someone who's on their journey and who would not be able to afford necessarily the trainings that are so cost prohibitive, right? So that's one thing that you can do if you feel like you want to kind of invest in, in the future of birth workers. Outside of that, I would just say, please follow and listen and stay connected in, in the community. But I just feel so full, you know, I don't, I don't personally feel like I need something so much as like I receive like this love that's coming. Like I receive the love that you give. I don't need to ask you for any more. Like I feel sufficient in what you've provided in, in, in terms of your platform and in terms of just like the love shared here. And so, you know, sometimes, honestly, Melissa, it's that question that is enough. You know what I mean? 
Sometimes it's just someone asking, how are you doing really? That is enough. Like, what can I do to help that is enough? And sometimes that's all you actually needed to hear. It's not necessarily that you needed somebody to act on it and do something. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. It's almost like this warm blanket wrapped around you and you can exhale when someone asks that simple question. Yeah. So I feel like, wow, I don't have an ask or a need in this moment. Like I feel provided for, but even more so, like you said, I feel the blanket, you know, just with the question. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for all the incredible work that you're doing in the world, for showing up, for using your voice, for sharing your wisdom with your books, your programs, social media, everything that you're doing. I have loved following your journey for many years, and I'm so grateful for everything that you shared today. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for providing this space for the community. It's an honor to be here. Pleasure. Take care. You too, my love. Wasn't that amazing? She is so inspiring. I got so much out of today's episode. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week, which is pretty awesome. And that brings me to reading the review of the week for this week. This week, it's from Kirsty Morton. It's a five-star review titled Uplifting and Thought-Provoking. And Kirsty says, I love Melissa's podcast. It always gets me thinking deeply. I always receive what I need at that moment with plenty of aha moments. I love it. Thank you, Kirsty. I'm so grateful for your review. And as a little thank you, I want to gift you my Wildly Wealthy Guided Meditation. All you have to do is send a screenshot to hello at melissaambrosini.com and I will email that over to you. And for anyone who wants to get my Bursting with Love Guided Meditation for free, all you have to do is leave a review on Amazon for either Mastering Your Mean Girl or Open Wide and email me a screenshot and I will send that to you. And if you want to get my Manifestation Masterclass totally free, that is for anyone who leaves a review of Purposeful on Audible and I'll send that over to you. So don't forget to come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. I absolutely love reading them all. So please come and share them with me. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 364. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself. And for showing up today for you, you rock. I hope you know that. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. 